Hey guys, something that we are excited to tell you about is a company that is taking wine to the next level. If you've been at a restaurant or grocery store trying to pick out a bottle of wine but had no idea where to start, like me, or you're just looking for a unique event for your friends, family, or coworkers, In Good Taste is a new type of winery that can help you do both. Their many wine bottle tasting flights help people with varying degrees of wine knowledge learn more about wine. In Good Taste provides tasting flights and complimentary virtual tasting over Zoom. The tastings create a safe space for novices and pros to ask questions about the wine, the regions, food pairings, etc. Unlike the traditional lecturing at most wineries, In Good Taste provides a fun event with trivia and quirky food pairings like which wine pairs best with Crunchwrap Supremes. Each mini bottle is one glass of wine, so you're getting two full bottles of wine, but in a variety for just $65. This lets you learn more while committing to less. All that sacrifice, you know, for, and we're illegal. Like, my brother and I, we're illegal at this point, so we're like, we're going back, and we're probably not coming back. Back, right. And now we know this other life. Now we know electricity and water and yeah. buildings and grass, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, you know, free lunch at school, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I remember that. Uh, and we're going back, and as soon as we get to Mexico, uh, I'm around nine years old, and my mother is like, hey, uh, we're, this, isn't, this isn't the end of us. You know, a lot of people ask me, like, hey, man, how did you get to where you are today? You know, 27 companies, mm. you know, one of the, in the single-family residential space, one of the top leading, you know, uh, investors in the single SFR space. How did you get there? All right, and welcome to the Darren Woodson Show. Uh, really excited about today's guest. And we say that a lot, but like really, like I'm really excited for our listeners to hear the story of this man, uh, the resilience, the drive that he has. Uh, so we, t- you know, we talk about the American dream and we talk about uh, the opportunities that we have and, and the freedom to do what you want. Mm-hmm. And this man right here is as good of an example as there is that I've seen. Uh, so Carlos Reyes, uh, is here with us and thank you so much for joining us in studio. We love the in-person right? yes. cause it's, cause it's real. Like it's, it's one thing looking at a screen, then it's yeah. another thing, you know, BSing with you right, right next to us. So I appreciate thank you, you guys, coming in, man. Uh, big fan, right? I'm a mm. big fan. I appreciate that. Yeah. Of, thank you. I have a lot of respect, uh, for, for, uh, my man, Darren here, um, heard a lot of great things from Joe, you know, yeah. uh, my father-in-law, and we'll get into that a little. Yeah, later. no, we'll get into it right now. Okay, we'll get into it right now. I think yeah, you so know, connect. There's, uh, yeah, there's like we didn't what's know about seven, this. Okay, seven degrees from Kevin <laughs> Bacon. Where does he? Small where world. does he fit into this thing? Okay, Small so world. Joe Pena and my brother Randy, who Pat Randy passed away a couple years ago. Joe Pena and Randy were best of friends growing up, not through what Isaac Junior from junior high to high school. And then they worked together. Uh, we're dear friends throughout the year. So Joe is Carlos's father-in-law. And it just brought it back full circle. And that's why I'm so excited about this, this interview today. Because this takes me back to my childhood. Because I grew up in the Maryville area. Uh, West Phoenix. West Phoenix. Joe's from West Phoenix. Yep. Carlos came up through that area. There's, and we all know, Carlos, what that area looks like Absolutely. and what it's been through yep. uh, throughout the years. Maryville, and Maryville Hospital. Maryville <laughs> Hospital, yeah. And there's not a lot of hope. There hasn't been a lot of hope yeah. in that area. So 
on today's show, and I'll, I'll let Tyler, you know, take us back here. But today's show, we want to talk about your journey, absolutely, and how you got how you got here. We can get to you being a serial entrepreneur, but I want to go back because there's so mm. many kids that are going to be listening to this show that are from the Maryville area mm. that want to hear your story and the adversity that you had to overcome to get to where you are today. You know, uh, I, uh, I mentioned something yesterday. I posted something on, uh, on Instagram, uh, one of my stories. I said, you know, I've never been a, a guy that cares about the attention and the lights. You know, I, I don't care about that stuff. Uh, the stuff that fulfills me is, you know, my family, right, my, my, my businesses, my, my home, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I feel like I have a duty mm-hmm. to, to actually encourage and empower, you know, and inspire mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the word inspire, like in spirit, you know, right. actually move them, move their mm. spirits. So I feel like I have a duty. And if it wasn't for that duty, you know, I, I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing now. Right. Like, for example, being here today with you guys, you know, I'm also in person kind of guy because I'm all about energy, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I flew here for that reason. Right. You know? I flew here for that reason. Uh, did you want to say something? I was just going to say you get MVP guest award because you yeah. flew. To be in, in to person, be here in person, yeah. you, know, you travel well, the longest. Of any guests I, we've I had. have a lot of respect uh, for for Darren, you know, and, and because of the history with mm. Darren, and because of the history between him and my father in law, you know, that hits home for me because Joe has been like a second father to me. You know, mm. I, I didn't I didn't grow up with the father, right. you know. And uh, with that being said, let's let's get into my story. Yeah. I was actually born uh, in Mexico. I was born in uh, Hermosillo, Sonora. Um, which is the capital of a northern state in Mexico, uh, Mexico, Sonora. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, my uh, at, at an early age, about two, three years old, my, my mother was, um, you know, she was, uh, my, my father was kind of a drug addict and mm-hmm. uh, an alcoholic. So one day he came home and he put my mother and myself against the wall and he started shooting at us. And my mother was like, okay, well, the next time, you know, we he may just take our lives. So I'm going to flee from this man. I'm going to run away from this man. And we moved an hour, an hour and a half south, which was even way more poor, right? Mm, like, mm. like it was like dirt poor. When I said dirt poor, I can show you pictures of uh, the, you know, the house that we grew up in with my grandma, where it's like dirt floors, mm-hmm. dirt roads, right? Uh, no electricity. We had no electricity. I didn't have electricity until around the sixth grade. You know, all these lights you see here, mm-hmm. I had uh, gas lamps. With like little, uh, uh, these cases of like, um, it's like glass, you know, it's uh-huh. like the little, you know, there's this little burning flames. Things, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, old school. I didn't have electricity. No running have, water. No running water. I can tell you how we got water. There was a, a water truck um, that would come around the neighborhood, you know, with the, dun, 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 mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and we had these big old, big old blue, like huge buckets in the front. Like my grandma used to keep three huge buckets in the front yard. And we would take, we would pay the man to, to give us water from that truck into those buckets. Mm-hmm. And out of those buckets, uh, we would, you know, take showers. We would wash our clothes. And that's how we would have, like, drinking water. And um, that was kind of my, my childhood, man. Like, I'll, I can vividly describe to you that uh, we lived in this little small house made out of, like, wood and something else. I can't even describe it. It was like, mm. it's not cardboard, uh, but it's not, like... It's not like this, you know, right, it's, right. it's, it's, it's different. And we had like, like laminate roofing, you know, laminate right. roofing, right? Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, whatever was economically convenient. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my, my grandfather built like a little tiny spot at the corner of the house. Right. Cause it was, it was literally, this room is bigger than the house that I, I grew up in. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
we it was probably about 300 square feet that this this house and on one side my grandfather and my grandmother slept in one bed and on the other side my brother and myself we slept in a small bed and then my mother slept in her bed right and then in that little corner he built like this little tiny concrete with a little sewer thing in the middle and the way that we would shower is my my grandma would actually warm up the water right mm-hmm. out of a fire right and then put it in a bucket and then with another plastic container that's how i took showers that's how I took showers mm-hmm. most of my, my childhood, mm-hmm. right? And then in the back, you know, my mother and my grandma, they washed in a, on the washing board. They washed the clothes and they hung it on these lines, you know, in the backyard. We had a back house where we would, you know, go to the restroom in that my grandfather built. And, uh, and that was, that was my, my childhood. And then, you know, if you're wondering how the hell I'm here. Yeah. Um, well, but, yeah, but at oh. that point, though, you're there. Did you know anything different? Did you expect you know, anything ignorance different? Ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very thankful that I, I didn't know any better because when, when you're that poor, like you're talking like, have you guys ever seen that movie uh, Slumdog Millionaire? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like on some third world country type yep. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? And, uh, and I just didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I wasn't, you know, when you don't know any better, ignorance is bliss. You right? know, and that's the crazy thing is, you know, I'm sure as, as a kid, you're playing around with the kids out in the neighborhood or whatnot. You most of them didn't have shoes. Exactly. No, so mm-hmm. most of them didn't have. Really? Most of them did wow. not have shoes. Yep. The only reason why I had shoes was because my mother, once, like, first and foremost, some of the family would help us out here and there. Uh-huh. But once my mother went, like, when she made, went to, came to the United States, right, she kind of unintentionally abandoned us for two years. And that was, that was a whole other type of suffering, right. you know, when you're a kid. And you're poor, yeah. And then your mother's Most not gone. around, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, she she would send money, you know, to to so you can actually have some shoes because nobody in my neighborhood has shoes. People were playing soccer without shoes. Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember me actually trying to walk and run and play soccer without shoes. Like mm. I was like, I was like, okay, I can do this, I can do this, you know. And and my my feet became like. Like tough, tough right. on rocks. Right. I was going to say, like this part of Mexico, grass is not. There's no grass. Yeah. There's mm. there's no grass. There's no yeah. grass. When I came to the States, uh, I remember uh, seeing lights and running water, and I rolled around in a patch of grass because I'm like, this <laughs> was, was beautiful. It was yeah. like, literally like, to me, it was like, like the land of milk and honey when I came uh, to this country. Right. That's saying I mean? something too because you were in what, Phoenix when you came? Or? No, no. The first time, I'll tell you, watch this. The first time my mother... Uh, crossed me through a sewer system near Tijuana, Mexico, which is the border of California, yep. right? There was a small spot called San Isidro. Uh-huh. She, cro- she was trying to cross us through the border system. I'm sorry, through, through the border, through a sewer system, and we got caught, kicked out, went back to my aunt's house in TJ, waited 48 hours, made, made another attempt. We got through, went to Escondido, California, mm-hmm. in San Diego County, and we lasted uh, third and fourth grade there. And it was like my mom was working the fields. That's how she got her paperwork mm. through amnesty, right? Mm. right? So we only lasted two years. It was way too expensive. California was way too expensive for my mother, myself, my brother. And we went back to, to Mexico, uh-huh. right? And at this point. How old were you when you went back? Uh, fifth grade. So uh, about nine, nine, nine years old. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, okay. So let, let's do this because I want to go through the first time okay. you came through. And you explained a little bit of it right there. But. The first time, the journey, the first time. You said your mother had left mm-hmm. for, for two years. For two years. Mm-hmm. She came back to get you. Yep. And then you went back. Tell us about that journey. Was there were there coyotes that were helping you? Was the first time no. The first time the first time no. The first time my mother knew exactly what to do, like where to go mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. to do, right? Okay. 
Uh, the second time when I went to Phoenix, Arizona, because mm-hmm. again, we failed financially in California mm-hmm. and we were completely depleted, like discouraged. Imagine, you know, I sacrificed like two years of not being with my mom. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, she sacrificed two years of not being with her children. Mm-hmm. And then she saves up enough money finally to like create a, a place for us, like an apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a one bedroom apartment that she brought us to. And then we last like a year and a half, two years. So on the way back, right, we're like, we're, 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 man, we're, mm, yeah. you know, we're, we're pretty, pretty mm-hmm. distraught, you know, right. we're, we're done, you know, we're like all that sacrifice, you know, for, and we're illegal. Like my brother and I, we're illegal at this point. So we're mm-hmm. like, we're going back and we're probably not coming back. back right. And right. now we know this other life. Now we know electricity and water and yeah. buildings and grass. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, free lunch at school. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I remember that. Uh, and we're going back. And as soon as we get to Mexico, uh, I'm around nine years old. And my mother is like, Hey, uh, we're, this isn't, this isn't the end of us. You know, a lot of people ask me like, Hey man, how did you get to where you are today? You know, 27 companies, mm. you know, one of the, in the single family residential space, one of the top leading, you know, uh, investors in the single SFR space. How did you get there? Right. You didn't have no programming. You didn't right. read no books. Right. You didn't have a father. Mm-hmm. How did you get there? Well, I, I believe it was my, my mom's programming and my mom's demonstration of right. hustle, mm-hmm. visionary, made sacrifices, work ethic like crazy, never gave up. See, yeah. little did I know I was getting all my programming from her. Yeah, I, you see what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, yeah. So we go back and my mother's like, hey, this isn't the end of us. This is what we're going to do. Now she's, you know, she's planning it out. Right. She's like, I'm going to work at this resort cleaning hotel rooms and then you're going to bag groceries and then I'm going to use my money to survive and we're going to use your money to save up so I can make another try mm. to Phoenix. Right. And uh, about a year later, um, I'm bagging, you know, I'm bagging groceries. I'm about a year in. I'm nine years old. I'm working at a retail company called uh, La Ley, which is a, a huge, it's owned by Chinese people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like Walmart down there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's, I'm just bagging groceries. You know, I got my, my hat, my apron, my ID. I speak a little English now, so I'm getting better tips, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Bag groceries, take them out to the car, ask for a tip. I'm actually making more money than my mom is. Wow. My mom was making, I would say, man, I think it was about $35 a week. <sighs> cleaning hotel rooms a week wow. and i was making about 15 to 20 dollars a day Ooh, like i was the breadwinner right at nine, right. Ten years at old. nine years old ten years old. oh yeah, yeah where, so where in mexico did you stay in tijuana Guaymas. okay Guaymas, sonora near san okay. carlos bay okay mm-hmm. about uh, about an hour uh, from there san okay. carlos is like the really nice resort area mm-hmm. right and then uh and then uh man it's funny anytime i go back you know it's like a dream to me right mm-hmm. because I stay in like San Carlos, I stay in San Carlos Bay and I smoke like a Cuban cigar out there mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I, I'm how my life has come full circle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Here, yeah. I, I couldn't never afford to stay at a place like that, you know? And, and right. now when I go back, that's where I stay. Right. Mm-hmm. When I go visit family. So uh, anyway, you know, back to, uh, you know, I save up enough money. She comes to Phoenix She's working out on the fields. It's 120 degrees out there, mm-hmm. right? She's out there working, working the, the fields. Uh, what do you call those places where, where you're, it's like, it's a lot of plants and trees. Um, Arbor. Nursery. Uh, nursery. Like nursery. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. She's working in a nursery, right? And uh, she saves up enough cash. But this time she's like, I'm only going to bring one of you first. 
because last time I brought both of you and we couldn't afford it. I don't mm-hmm. want to make that same mistake, right? Mm-hmm. So she sends for her oldest, which is me, first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then she pays a coyote this time, mm-hmm. $25 to jump me through the fence. So there's a hole in the fence in Ogala, Sonora. She pays them 25 bucks, And, you know, I'm about 10, 11 years old. I'm actually entering uh, the seventh grade at this point. And she says, hey, you know, Mijito, which is my son, you're going to listen to this man. I'm gonna, he's going to take you. He's going to take you to me on the other side. So she pays this dude, and she's like, if, she, if he tells you to run, you run, jump, jump, whatever. He's going to take you over to me. And sure enough, this guy, you know, I get, I get under this guy's wing. He tells me to hide. I'm sorry, duck, run, jump. We go through the fence in Nogales. I meet my mom at uh, McDonald's in Nogales, Arizona, right, the other mm-hmm. side. side right? mm-hmm. And then she kind of just contrabands me up in a shuttle. You know, she contrabands me up in a shuttle. And this is another part of the story that I, I actually just found out through my mother because I like to pick my mother's brain from right. all this, you know, because right. I, I, I'm like, I, I need to know. There's so much to unpack, by the way, on this whole, this whole <laughs> yeah. story. But yeah, finish this thought. Now Watch this. So, so now we're in a shuttle, right? And a shuttle, somebody, it's a, it's a, it's a van that takes legal residents, right. legal immigrants to Phoenix from Nogales. But then, you know, he's like, hey, we're going to get stopped by an immigration officer. So who doesn't have papers? And my mom, man, you guys won't believe this. My mom's like, hey, uh, my son doesn't have papers, but if you, if you don't say anything, you know, I'll give you $500. And she didn't have $500. Mm, right. I'll give you $500. Just, you know, just don't say anything. Take me to, to the house and I'll give you 500 bucks. So the driver's like, okay, it's a big risk, but that's fine. Man, we, my mom, she's a hustler. I feel bad about this, but she has him take us to a whole different place where we, it wasn't her house. Right. And we just run. Like, oh, you just took off. We just took <laughs> Get off. Yeah. We didn't have, she did not have five, five she did wow. not have $500. That's right, yeah. This is the year is 1997. Right. She did not have $500 to give this man, so we mm. just took off. Mm. And, uh, and then uh, my mom started my uh, immigration paperwork process in 1997, and then I became, uh, first I got a work permit, and then a year later I got a, a resident mm-hmm. card. And then five years later, I became a citizen of, of so that was kind of, it was, it was, it was a long, <laughs> it was long. It was, yeah, lengthy. there's a lot to unpack. Okay. So, so I want to <laughs> first focus on, by the way, I don't mother. think my father-in-law has ever heard my story completely. No, he's, he's over there. Like his face. <laughs> <is> like, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. You did what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's who your daughter married. <laughs> you know yeah. what though? But you know, the respect I have for mom by any means, oh I was gonna. Say, I was just your gonna mother. say, by any your means mother. necessary. To this day, yes. To this day. But and think about, it. think even going back to when, hey, I'm gonna go away from my children and like motherly instinct to leave her children to go sacrifice herself mm-hmm. and literally backbreaking work to then provide to make one attempt that's and then legacy. to go, yeah, and then come back and then do it again. Brother, and I, and I think, and I think about you're talking about, okay. In a year from now, okay, hey, we're going to work our asses off for a year to save up enough to make another attempt. Not even a sure thing, an attempt. And then to go, okay, now as a mother, I have to choose which one of my sons are going to come up with me. So now... Okay, I've got to think through what's the what's the most logical way to do it. Okay, my oldest, he can work, he can do some things. Okay, this is smart. But I mean, to have to do that, I mean, vision. the strength yeah. that, that that takes the blows my the, the vision. vision. Like that's, that's it. I mean, first first of all, overcoming adversity. That's one thing you've gotten from yeah. your mother, yeah. right? Yeah. You've overcome. You understand how oh, yeah. that you know, she's passed well, that and on, not right? the like the foofy like oh, no. overcome adversity. Like yeah. that's legit that's adversity. Real. That's that not the adversity we make up on a Tuesday. <laughs> 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 that's 
Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. That's legit. But to have the vision to say, okay, look, like this is like entrepreneurial shit right yeah. here, right? Like, have the vision to say, okay, I have to go back and get one. Yep. This one can work. He's the oldest. He can work. Mm-hmm. He can win. He can, you know, make some money real quick, and then we can figure out the way to go get the next. I mean, just to have that vision yeah. to take. Sometimes you got to take the emotion out of it and say, I need to make the right decision and game plan it. And, that, and to me, it's like that's brilliant on your yeah, mother's so my part. My first job was between the seventh and eighth grade. On that summer, I was uh, I, I was a uh, I was picking up trash and uh, people that were flipping houses. Hmm. So subconsciously, yeah, yeah, you started. I wanted to it be out. a real estate investor. Right. Subconsciously, ah. I was. Uh, so I was too young to work. Right. I'm in. I'm between seventh and eighth grade, and um, they're like, "Hey, we can't give you like legit work." This was like some some other Mexican mm-hmm. people. Uh-huh. I mean, you guys know a lot of construction people right, are sure. yeah. Hispanic, yeah. and they're amazing, right? We can't really pay you like. You know, first of all, you're illegal. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Second, you're a kid. Also, yeah, you're 12. Yeah, you're yeah. a kid. <laughs> right. Right. So, but what you could do is on a wheelbarrow, if you just pick up all the trash, man, I was picking up trash the entire summer. I was getting there around five o'clock in the morning. I did that seventh and eighth grade. Eighth grade. Yeah. And I was watching these guys put these houses together. Right. I'm like, man, like, cause I'm picking up all the trash. Right. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching these guys like, I'm like, man, one day I think I want to, I want to, I want to do that. I want right. to like, flip these houses right mm-hmm. this is eighth grade and then i wrote uh in the eighth grade i went to a, a, a school called uh, phoenix preparatory academy mm-hmm. all right and i had like straight a's like i, I was like honor roll and all that right mm-hmm. i was i was a good student so they were like hey write down what you want you know in eighth grade they're like mm-hmm. what do you want to do when you grow up right like yeah. darren's probably like well i want to be a football player, player right absolutely. Yeah. yeah i'm like well i want to be uh, a navy seal i want to be a lawyer a cop or an investor Right. Mm. And I tried, I went to South Mountain uh, Police Academy. I'm sure my, my father-in-law remembers that. And I passed every test. And before I signed, like, okay, well, you're going to start at like 18 something an hour. And I was like, whoa, whoa, right. whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. I'm going to risk my life, life. every <laughs> right. day for Literally. 18 bucks yeah. an hour. Right? Uh-huh. I'm like, uh, you know what? Thank you, but no, thank you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, I absolutely respect you know mm-hmm. every anybody. Well, then, and, and even know. knowing that too, right? Like that's the pay that you get and yeah. the risk that you're putting out right. there. Yeah. yeah. So, so what I did, right? I was like, well, uh, then I started training to be like a Navy SEAL, right? Mm-hmm. I started literally training to be a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. If you, I went to like the Tough Mudder, I, I passed, like I did all kinds of stuff. Where did that come from? Navy SEAL. I, yeah. I just well, one of my one of my childhood heroes growing up was David Robinson. Yeah. Oh, and he yeah. was the admiral. Yeah. The admiral, yeah. Player, yeah. Guy, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I used to, like, watch his journey and, like, everything he did. And I was like, man, I want to go to the Navy and see the world. And, right. right? So then uh-huh. I started doing that. And then I got into real estate. <laughs> and I, I read a book called Flip by Nick Ruiz. It was a $10 book because mm-hmm. I was dead broke. I couldn't afford to buy courses, pay for mentorship, go to events. Mm-hmm. I buy, buy this book for 10 bucks, and I start reading it, man. And, I, man... When you know, like, right, when you, right. Like, yeah. when you yeah. know, you know, right? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it just hits you, right, right, right. something just, like, clicks Clicked. and changes. Mm-hmm. You're like, damn, there's, like, there's nothing else in the world matters. This is what I'm going to do. I became obsessed. Like, I became obsessed with tr- becoming a real estate investor, even though I had no credit, no money, no experience, no LLC, no nothing. And my journey started then. You know, back back in uh, let's let's back up a little bit. So high school, uh, so you go to high school. Did you what happened after high school for you? Like you, you talked Corporate about going America. to police academy, Corporate America. Okay, so what yep. was that? What did you do? You, college? Where'd I was you? at no no college. No? Okay, no, right no. into I, I was an intra- entrepreneur. Uh-huh. I was the ultimate yes man. I started. Uh, I got 
I got to manage. Entrepreneur, I've never heard that. Yeah, I was an entrepreneur growing in, inside of a company. Uh -huh. um, I actually, uh, I had my first management position at the age of 19. Wow. I was managing eight people at the age of 19. I was making people millions of dollars at the age of 19. Right. And, and then I started growing with that company, right? I was the ultimate yes man. I became a regional manager. They're like, hey, we need you to, I know it's Christmas, but we need you to fly to Seattle and spend 30 days there. Our stores are stuff, suffering. Right. I would fly to Seattle. You know, hey, we need you in Texas. We need you in California, right? And, and I'll be honest, guys, the most I ever made with that company, even though I was making them millions of dollars, mm -hmm. was $70,000 in a year. And and I don't remember the last time that I made less than that in a month. Well, so see, when, yeah, right? yeah, full yeah, circle, yeah, again. yeah, right, yeah. full yeah. circle. So when did the bell hit? I mean, when did it ring to think, you know what? I'm making all this money for these guys. I'll tell you when I hit. I'll tell you. Um, I'm working four years to go. Uh, I'm working for this position uh, to go from making seventy k a year to making one hundred ten thousand dollars a year. And for four years, I'm the only guy training and making all the sacrifices. Right. And then when it gets time to give me that position, they're like, hey, uh, you know, we know that you've been training for this position, but we just have to, uh, po for political sakes, right, mm -hmm. we have to make it to where everybody gets a shot. And I'm like, but, no, but nobody's been working towards this. I'm the only one working mm -hmm. towards this. I'm ranked number one, right? Mm -hmm. And out of all the managers, I was ranked number one. And like, I know, I know, you, you got it. But we just got to be fair and, and, mm -hmm. and, and give you know, interviews to the top, whatever. So this guy, um, he gives that position to uh, one of his uh, best friends that he used to travel wow. the world with that was ranked 17th. He wasn't even like top three, top five to mm. qualify for this position. And uh, what that did for me was I'm like, wow, right? Like, that was like my, my world just got completely swiped from underneath my feet. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, so I have no control here. I was just going to mm. say, you have, I have zero no, control, no control over in your my future. future. Yeah. yeah. No control. And I was devastated for like two weeks. They're like, oh, you know, we're so sorry. Take two weeks off paid. Like, that's how, like, they, wow. you know, they well, that's try to, make, to, make, it right. try to right. make it right. Right. right? And um, in those two weeks, man, something happened. I was like, okay. I just went back to my childhood, like, you know, my, because I, I had, that's one thing that I, I, I recently noticed. I'm like, I became too Americanized. Mm -hmm. What does that mm. mean? Like, what does it mean to become too Americanized? Go to school. Get a job, you know, get an IRA, get a 401k, mm -hmm. retire at 60, 65, and survive. Right. I became too comfortable and too Americanized. Uh -huh. So I, dug, I dug deep into, mm -hmm. back into, you know, my upbringing, you know, and I dug deep and I'm like, all right, my goal, my dream was always to have my own business and retire my mother, right? Since I was a five-year-old kid. That's mm -hmm. what I used to tell my mother in Mexico. One day I'm going to have a business and I'm going to retire you. And sure thing, in 2017, I retired, you know, my mother's. Like, my mm -hmm. mom never has to, you know. Awesome. My, mom just went to, uh, my mom just went to Mexico. I let her borrow. Uh, I got a Sprinter van, uh -huh. like a huge, you know, yeah. Sprinter van that I, you know, yeah. right, the Sprinter van. Yeah. I don't even know why I bought that van, right? Like, <laughs> like for your mom, man. Aaron just, yeah. Aaron just got one uh, last <laughs> yeah, year, too. So I, I bought a Sprinter van for no reason, cash, right? And uh, I'm like, here, mom, you know, go to Mexico. Take the whole fam. And then, you know, I break her off with a few thousand dollars to spend down there. Like, mm -hmm. that's the life that my mom yeah. is now living. You know right. what I mean? And so one of my dreams is completely. Was, that's how, how good does that feel to be able to do man, that for I, your mother? A, you know, I, so we, we don't live in the present enough, right? Like, mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs, like, mm -hmm. you know, I wish I can live, like, in gratitude every day. You know, because you're right. That does give me a lot of gratitude. You know, a lot of appreciation, uh, and that's one thing that I need to be better at. 
because I, I have so much going on. I'm getting pulled in so many different directions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can only imagine running 27 companies, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like if it wasn't for honestly, like we were just discussing this with one of my guys here, that if it wasn't for like the leaders that I've been able to like hire, train, develop, right. and put into positions, I I would not like I would just lose my mind. You know, mm-hmm. I would lose my mind. You know. Uh, I would be in Wyoming in a ranch next to Kanye, you know, like, right. no disrespect, right? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, right? you, know right. you, you need people. Like, right. you need, like, you need people you can depend on. And, I, and you know what? I'm very thankful for corporate America uh, that I got all my, you know, mm-hmm. all my education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. As a manager, like how to like hire and train right. and develop and, you know, how to put systems together. You cut and your processes, teeth. Right. You cut your teeth. Yeah. Like KPIs, yeah. like everything. I got all that from, I didn't go to college, man. So I got all that from corporate. And that's America. the best thing that happened to you. The man, best thing that happened to trust you. Trust the process. Absolutely. You, right? Yeah. But at that time, you don't yeah. know, like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm very thankful I, for that. That's the second phrase that you hear often. Number one is adversity. And number two is trust the process. But for some reason, coming from you, it just hits me different. It's different. Yeah. It's so different after hearing your story. I got to ask, because I'm always fascinated by this. You talked about being obsessed and, and going after things and wanting to take care of your mom. When you're just trying to survive, what's your relationships with goals at that point in your life? Meaning you had these goals, but at the same time, I'm just trying to live. So how did you view goals? How did you attack goals as a kid growing up? I know it changed a little bit, uh, you know, in your, after your uh, high school days, but what was it like growing up? So, you know, you always got to have like a North Star, mm. right? If you have a North Star, like your North Star was to become a professional football Absolutely. player. Absolutely. Right. Your North Star was to become a professional football player, right? Your North Star was to become really good looking. I don't know what your North Star is, right? Right? You're still looking at that one. I'm still chasing that North really far north. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, uh, man, once you have that North Star, right, you have that target, um, if you just become obsessed with accomplishing that and, and you just never give up, you, you're eventually going to get there. Mm-hmm. You're going to get there. If you don't give up. Yeah. Right. But unfortunately, right. statistically, 97 percent of people give up. Ninety seven percent of people give up. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and there's another statistic that one of my mentors, because I have that's another thing that I strongly encourage anybody that's watching as an entrepreneur. Get yourself mentors. You know, I have mentors. I have like a board of advisors that I go to mm-hmm. when I need you know help in certain areas of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. From I have a spiritual mentor, Christian Ferris out in uh, he's a he's a pastor in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, like a a financial mentor, a billionaire mentor, mm-hmm. Ed Cobell. Uh, he's the, him and his brother own a company called um, uh, DeBartolo Development. Mm-hmm. They actually used to own the Niners at one point. Yeah, the, the, bar, the, yeah. the Bartolo. Yeah, that's one of my yeah. mentors. Yeah, yeah. Small world. Eddie, yeah. is that Eddie? Uh, yeah. Eddie, yeah. yeah, yeah, Eddie, yeah. Ed, Ed Cobell. Yeah. 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 He, huge developer, by the yes, way. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You know, he developed yeah. uh, outdoor malls or yeah. outlets, they're called now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have personal development mentors, uh, Tanya, who I had a 40-minute convo this morning. Mm-hmm. We did, like, breathing, meditation, things like that. Uh, I have another personal development mentor up in Sedona named Jeremy Wilson. I surround myself with, you know, a lot of, a lot of mentors, mm-hmm. and I want to encourage people out there, uh, once you get to a certain level and you can afford these resources – Invest into yourself. Yeah. You're, you're your best investment. Yeah. But talk about talk about the people that are like, you don't have the resources. And and I want to just, somebody that I look up to that, that can give me advice that maybe has been there or gone through some of the things. Now that you're on the, you still have mentors, but you're on the success side of it and you've done it. Talk about from the mentor's perspective, how much you do like mentoring other people and not to be I, scared to ask for help. I, you know what, guys, uh, 
I started like really mentoring people in 2018 mm. and I started helping other people build seven figure real estate companies. Mm. Mm-hmm. And man, it's a beautiful thing because all you're doing, you're just passing on the knowledge. That's right. You're it's play by play. Yeah. I feel like a football yeah. coach. Yeah. yeah. I'm like the, I'm like Bill Belichick when it comes to single family residential, mm-hmm. right? We look at, you know, again, we look at key performance indicators. We look at the sales, you know, Hey, how's your conversion? Hey, how's your marketing? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm an expert in both. I'm an expert in the marketing aspect of mm-hmm. the business and I'm an, I'm an expert on the acquisition aspect of the business. So now it's like I, I get such such a great feeling and, and joy that I can go to any city in this country right now and be welcomed with open arms mm. because I have somebody that I helped mm-hmm. build a seven-figure company. And it gets it's bigger than that, by the way. I didn't just help them make a bunch of money. I helped them live, like, the best life that they can live. Freedom. And we talk about it. Real yep. freedom. Yeah. yeah. And it hits different because – now their their families now that the financial trajectory of their families is starting to change now i just hung out with somebody in atlanta i was in atlanta for i uh, i did an event with a guy named dj envy he has a huge hip-hop show called uh, the breakfast club okay yeah well, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I yeah spoke, I know. Um, i'm i'm the guy Hold on, why are you looking at darren when you're talking about hip-hop why? yeah they know <laughs> you don't think that we know moves. we don't know what breakfast club is <laughs> I, no, I, guys i've never watched the show yeah i've never watched a, a breakfast club show to this yeah. day yeah and here i am touring i'm touring with dj our Andy. producer's shocked right now you've never seen the show back I'm there never, yeah, yeah, trust me. Sure. But yeah. when you walk in and you saw the brothers, and you're like, there was a thousand, <laughs> there was a thousand people right. in the Congress Center yeah. that I spoke to about this yeah. you know, single family residential uh-huh. wholesaling and yeah. investing. And, uh, and and again, I hung out with one of my mentees out there, a guy named Keith Everett out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. This guy sold his mattress to become like, you know, I mentored him in 2018. He was the first guy to ever pay me. You know, uh, tens of thousands of dollars to mentor him. He has a company called AlabamaCashOffer.com, and they make well over seven figures in real estate in huh. Birmingham, uh, Huntsville, and now Atlanta virtually. Wow. And I hung out with him for six days, right? And then I get to see his son, Kingston, and, and they're just like, they, they, they love me. Right. Like real love, their family. Because yeah. yeah. I, you know, I helped this man go from like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. just, it's yeah. And that's the joy. When you're impacting lives, impacting lives. Yeah, two questions come to mind. The first one, as you're sitting here talking, what's your, and I'm going to leave it open-ended, what is your thought, what are your thoughts on quote-unquote self-made men or self-made women? Self-made men? Yeah. Well, I I don't think anybody's really self-made, right? I think that, you know, right? I don't think anybody, I mean, there's so many people you mentioned a couple people yep. earlier, right? I'm sure, like, you know. Never, uh, I've never done one thing by myself, man. There you go. I've never mm-hmm. gotten there. there I mean, I, I just, everything I've ever done, any type of success, and I've said it so many times, there's been someone that's been next to me. It's so almost mm-hmm. like this podcast. We started from nothing, right? Yep. I'm not doing this by myself. I got two got guys two that, that are carrying me right through here. the pro- And it's been that way my entire life. It's beautiful. Someone's always slipped me something like, hey, man. Yep. You know, here's some advice. Yep. Avoid these potholes. And we owe so much to so many yep. people, mm-hmm. you know, in so many different yeah. ways, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I've, I've had, you know, I've had my mother, right? Yep. I've had, you know, I've had Joe as a, as a, as a father figure, you mm-hmm. know? I didn't have a father. So you have to remember, I started dating his daughter when I was 17 years old. And he's a great father and he's a great grandfather now to mm-hmm. two of my kids, right? So that, you know, I've never done anything by myself. You know, a lot of people want to think out there like, oh, you're self-made. 
I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for my mother, you know? Right, so yeah. nobody does anything by themselves. I love hearing that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. hearing your story, it's like you could easily try to take all the credit. That's that's yeah. e- that's ego talk. Yes. That, that's that's ego. That's pride and ego talk, man. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm over that. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's let's talk through your real estate journey really quickly, right? You, how did you do your very, like you read a book, you fell in love with it, you were obsessed with it, but like getting it started in that very first transaction. His, uh, his daughter started... Handwriting bandit sons. Oh, Joe's daughter. Joe's, Joe's daughter, daughter started hand. Yeah. She, I, I told her, and I'll, I remember Joe having this conversation with me. I remember when I was going to quit my job of over a decade. And I remember Joe's like, are you sure you want to do that? You have Vanessa, you have the baby, you know, and, and you know what? It, it's when family, when family loves you, they're only mm-hmm. trying to give you advice. Right. Based off their experience, sure, mm-hmm. right, and, and and that's why I remember, like, actually, you know, my father-in-law saying, "Hey, are you sure you want to quit your job? Mm-hmm. You have health, health insurance, four hundred one k IRA, you know, steady income, whatever, yeah. right?" And I knew that I wanted more. I was just say, "There's more." I wanted yeah. more. Mm-hmm. I wanted. I, I wanted more. You know, and and once you want more, there's no go, there's yeah. no settling. So, yeah. do you think? I, I guess one of the questions I have for you is because that's that's. That's how your father-in-law, my whole family was raised that way. Like, you know, you get it, same thing. Yep. You go to school, yep. you graduate from high school, you get a job, and you go. It's like the process, right? Yep. So did it just burn within you early on? Because I, I know when you were like five years old, you were doing something with like. Hustling yeah. early. You yeah. were hustling yeah. early. I was, uh, I, was selling, uh, I was selling bread, door-to-door He's, bread. Exactly. In my neighborhood, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it was. So it's yeah. it's always the entrepreneurial spirit has always burned always. without you, yeah. with, within you, right? I, I think that's a. If you ever go to Mexico, mm. you'll see a lot of people. They're selling something. They're yeah, selling yeah. tamales. Oh, yeah. They're selling clothes. Chicle, you, yeah, you, roses. You, you go. You go to even a resort. You go to the beach, right? Yeah. And and they're like, hey, you know, you want to buy these sunglasses? You want to you want a massage on the beach, mm. right? Like, there's an entrepreneur spirit down yeah. there, you know, right. that a lot of people uh, don't know about. Yeah. You know. Uh, if you think about it, a lot of immigrants come here to get rich, right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's just, I mean, that, you know, that's, that's the history of this country, right? right? right. Uh, but yes, there's always been a fire in me. Mm-hmm. And when I started my real estate journey, uh, I had no money. You know, I had no money. I was just like your average kind of middle-class America, American, uh, paycheck to paycheck. Spent, right. yeah, spent what you made. Yep. Paycheck to paycheck, just man. rat race. It was just day, enough for the day. mortgage, yeah. the, the cars, uh, the insurance, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the food. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our, uh, our idea of a, of a vacation back then was like driving to San Diego. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember that. Yeah. Now we go wherever we want. Yeah. You know, I've yeah. even taken my, my wife on like, you know, private jets. I mean, San and Diego's like a that. cool city and all, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. San, San Diego's a cool city and all, but I mean, yeah. but, hey, you know what? I, I, like I, I, I want to say this because I, I don't want to just think that, you know, there's a lot of people that, that work that way and that's okay. That's okay. If, yeah. it makes, if you're happy, if you're happy, sure. that, that's okay. I just wasn't happy. You weren't happy. I wanted and, more. And there are so many people that are taking jobs right now that are exactly like you, but they, but they, but they're just figuring. I'm just going to settle. Yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. going to take that next step. And that's to this is this conversation is who we are talking to right, right now. Mm-hmm. We're talking to those who are working a nine to five, and they're bogged down. Yeah. They're just making whatever it is to live. Yeah. That still have that spirit. I want to talk to mental mindset. Okay. And your mental mindset. And, and, and I got a couple of questions. You, you had this mindset, you had this conversation about cultivating good thoughts. 
Elaborate on that topic, cultivating good thoughts. That, that's a never-ending war, right? Mm. Like the <laughs> thoughts, right? The, yeah. the, the scarcity, the, the fear, the doubt, you know? Everybody goes, like there's no superhuman out there. Right. Like, you know, like no one's Superman, you know, or Superwoman. Um, I'm sure that my mother at some point was scared shitless, you know, doing what she had to do, right? right? I know that I was scared. Like, when I quit my job, I remember the first three to four months, man, I was so scared. Right. Like, I was living in constant anxiety. Like, my, you know, that flight or, that fight or flight, flight, flight mode, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I'm just like, am I going to make it? Am I going to make mm-hmm. it? Right? Because I, I was so used to clocking in, clocking out, getting right. paid. Right. right. Right? So, I, I want everybody out there to understand that that's normal and that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to go through that. And, and all you're doing is you're just building more capacity and you're building a higher tolerance for risk. Right. You know, that's all mm-hmm. you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I, I want to answer that, but let me answer this. 2,400 banded signs is what it took me to land my first real estate deal in Maryville, uh, West Phoenix, mm-hmm. right? I was putting out literally every single Friday night at 11 p.m., I'm, I'm, my handwritten bandit signs, that is, is, you remember that, Joe, right? I, I couldn't even, I got to the point because, it, like, I wanted, you know, I'm all about uh, precision and, and, and I'm all about uh, be, being efficient. So I'm like, you know what? How can I make this faster and more efficient? Okay, I'm going to pay somebody to drive, I'm going to pay somebody $50 to drive me around so I can get off and go put these bandit signs uh-huh. on every corner. Right. And nobody would even want to go like nobody even want to drive me around. Like that's how, you yeah. know, like people just ain't in that type of mindset. Right. Cause it's right. 11 o'clock on a Friday It's 11 night. PM. They'd rather be out partying, <laughs> yeah. drinking, right. having right. a good time, mm-hmm. you know, watching a movie. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But that, that, that wasn't my goal. Right. Oh, I couldn't pay nobody. So here I am in, in, uh, Vanessa's, which is my wife and my wife's, uh, 2006 Nissan rogue. Right. I'm putting yeah. out banded signs every weekend, man. It took me six months, 2,400 banded signs. I finally get somebody to call me. And, I, and you know what's crazy? You want to talk about the power of faith? Every bandit sign that I put out, I really thought that was going to be the one. Yeah. Every right. single, I'm, I'm putting those good vibes, that good energy into every band. I'm like, this is the one. You're right. <sighs> you have to. Right? Yes. You got to be relentless. Like, there's an old saying out there that, you know, successful entrepreneurship is literally going from failure to failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. That's how I felt during that time. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. just banded sign, banded sign, banded, handwritten letters, handwritten letters, you know, hand, like, you know, like literally these purple envelopes that I'm, you know, I didn't, I wasn't smart enough to grab those things. That you can see, right? I'm like, literally, I'm sending out hundreds of letters. So finally, a banded sign hits. This lady was on her way to Dallas, right? She has a rental property in Maryville, uh, West Phoenix, She's a Hispanic lady. She speaks Spanish. She hits me up. Her name is Sylvia. I'm talking to her, and I didn't have, I didn't have an LLC. I didn't know what a, a maximum allowed offer was. I didn't know what an ARV, which is mm. after repair value, was. I didn't know how to. How did, to you didn't have a, did you have a real estate license at that point? I don't have a real estate license to this day, but I have mm. several realtors that yeah, work right. for me in yeah. my yeah. office now, yeah. right? Mm. But I have a brokerage, for God's sake, and yeah. I'm not even licensed. <laughs> yeah. I have a brokerage because... One of my good friends, uh, Omar Robles, who is a broker, mm-hmm. said, "Hey, man, you want to start a brokerage with me? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a broker. I have a brokerage license. Okay, cool. So then now we have a brokerage, right? So yeah. it's funny the way that it all kinds of you know unwinds yeah. at some. But point. that's but that's one of the things I want to draw attention to is like everybody's wow. I don't want to go take the test or I don't want to study or I don't have this. 
Don't wait for that. Just start. Just go. Yeah. Most, Get it done. Most investors don't have a real estate license. Yeah. Um, there's actually a little more risk sometimes because you actually have to disclose when you're when you're picking up yeah. a property. Because mm-hmm. the way that I pick up properties, you're talking 50, 60, mm. 70 cents on the dollar max, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm picking up these off-market discounted properties. So if you if you have if you have a real estate license, you're kind of known as a professional, an expert now. So if you ever get sued, you know, that's why it's so important on the contract, if you do have a license, to put uh, on a disclosure, I am a licensed, you know, state of Texas real mm-hmm. estate uh, agent, right? right? Just in case you ever get sued. I, I haven't got sued, thank God, but uh, I don't have a license, you know, yeah. and, and I, I'm never going to get one now. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, man, I, I, I landed that deal. Um, I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was failing forward. I didn't have an LLC. Um, I, I did it under my name. Um, and I didn't know, uh, the numbers, I didn't know anything, but I, I knew how to talk to people and, uh, I knew what I wanted and I got her to sign my contract and it was to this day, the smallest, uh, assignment fee I've ever made. It was $5,000 and I've made assignment fees of, you know, quarter million, right. you know, several hundred. Describe several for thousand. those that don't know what an, an assignment, assignment fee is. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, if you, if you're like me and you don't have money, credit, anything, right. Um, there's, there's a, uh, a concept, a real estate uh, strategy called wholesaling, mm-hmm. where if you, if you just become really good at finding off-market yep. discounted properties, right, through motivated sellers or distressed sellers, mm-hmm. and you're able to speak to them, and mm-hmm. they're able to trust you and like you, that mm-hmm. you're going to provide a solution to whatever it is that they're going through, you get that person under contract, and then now you have the rights to this property. You can assign assign that contract to somebody who actually has the money to take this property mm, down right, right. and you make a fee mm-hmm. like a finder's fee. Right. Right. And those finder's fee are five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, $50,000. Right. Like I said, I've made a, I have made a finder's fee of a quarter million dollars. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. You can make, and that was a, a, that's funny. That was 27 properties that I wholesaled back in uh, 2016. Oh. Yeah. If you go back to my Instagram, December yeah. of 20, November 1st of 2016, 27, like, Man, it was like from it was a gift from God. Uh, this company called SVN, uh, they're a huge, yeah, huge yeah, company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they, I was like, they hit me up out of all the people in the world, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they hit me up and they're like, hey, man, you know, one of our investors wants to uh, deploy and, and get rid of twenty seven properties from his portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know, what can you do? And, I, and I'm a risk taker, right? Yeah. The biggest risk I did take with that, I will be honest, is I put a hundred thousand dollars of my my money down of as money non, on it. Yeah. non-refundable <laughs> earnest. I have, never, I have never flipped or wholesaled 27 properties in one shot. This was a huge risk for me. Right. But I, I you know, I'm a, like I said. Bet my, on yourself. Because like, of my upbringing. You bet on self. Yeah. Because of my upbringing, yeah. I have a very high tolerance for risk. Mm-hmm. Very Gosh, high tolerance for risk. Yeah. So I flipped those, wow. made a quarter mil, and then my company just took off. Gosh. So, that's something you said a minute ago that I want to I draw attention to. You said you went out every single night, Friday night. For six months. Yep. And how many 2,500 signs? 2,400. 2,400 yeah. signs. I haven't done a bandit sign since. <laughs> real, real, <laughs> I just spent, needed the one. I, I well, literally, I, guys, I spent like, I, I don't remember the last time that I didn't spend a million dollars in just marketing. Not mm-hmm. That inc- that doesn't include overhead and payroll expenses. Just marketing, right? Like 400,000 telemarketing, 300,000 pay-per-click. You see like, right. yeah. you know, 150,000 direct mail, right? I'm, all, you know, I'm, I'm everywhere, right? right? I have multiple streams. But back then, right? Back then, that was like, I'm like, 
man, if I ever get enough money to not have to do this, I'm, <laughs> right. yeah. I'm not going to do these bandit yeah. signs. But, but I wanna, yeah. what I want to highlight, and Tyler, you actually made my point for me because I totally disagree. It wasn't the one sign. Yeah. That one sign got the credit. Yeah. That's what she saw. It's, but it was the multiple was signs yeah. that you lay down mm. day after day after yeah. day yeah. that didn't get any of the credit. Yeah. And I think that's so important because I am the world's most impatient person. Mm. And I really? think it's got to happen now. <laughs> really? <laughs> didn't know that. Really? Didn't, yeah, know that. didn't know that. Yeah. And so it's that groundwork that you're laying. It's those years and, and months and whatever. Yeah. And so I love that point to that story. And I want to highlight that, that. Yes, it was that one sign that got the attention, but it was the 2,399 yeah, that mattered. you laid before that yep. that mattered. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, like I said, I put every single sign out there with a lot of faith, mm. a lot of faith. Like, I never lost faith, man. I never lost mm. momentum. I never lost enthusiasm. Uh, and that's I want people out there to, to really know that, that if you really want something, right, if, if you have a goal, right. mm. you know, work your ass off. Don't lose faith, no matter what people say. No matter whatever circumstances you face, yeah. no matter what objections come, like overcome that and do not give up. Tell uh, me what work your ass off means to you. Eyes open to eyes closed to this day, to this day. I, I'm, I'm obsessed with, I'm obsessed with what I with, like. I'm obsessed, man. Like it, this is the most competitive <laughs> sport in the world. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I, I, like for me, man, you know, it's like. I open my eyes and like you you said that sport. This is the most. This is the most competitive sport in the world. And we were discussing that earlier about yeah. Yeah, let's bring that up. Athletes, right? Uh I I literally I know this for a fact, right? I know this for a fact. I was like, when you know, there's a lot of great athletes out there, right? A lot of great athletes. And to be profe- mm-hmm. to be a professional ball player, you got to be a, a great athlete. Yeah. And guess what? You got to have all those characteristics that I just discussed mm-hmm. in my journey as an entrepreneur. It's the same thing, right? Entre- Athletes are entrepreneurs. They don't even know it. Right. What's your yeah. business? Your body. That's your, mm-hmm. that's your business. Mm-hmm. Your body, your, your mind and your body, that mm-hmm. was your business. Mm-hmm. Right? And in my case, it was like my mind and my hustle was my business. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. People never really understand that. So the great athlete, or to get to the NFL or to the NBA or MLB, you got to actually, like, you got to be one of those, like, 1%. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know how many yeah. people don't make yeah. it. Right? Yeah. Right. To even make it is like, like it's like hitting the line. Half the time, it's just fooling them. Yeah. You know what? I'm just serious. Seriously. Like yeah. mentally, it's like you just fooling them. Yeah. I'm fooling you to get to where, because there's a lot of guys that can compete at the same level, yeah. but I'm showing my ass up. Like being available is like 99% mm-hmm. of the fight, man. Discipline. Like, serious. Just showing up. Yep. yep. Yeah. Having yeah. that discipline. Having a discipline. Yeah. And staying out of trouble. Yes. And then you got all those, uh, <laughs> you know, you got all those distractions yep. that, you know, are, are, you know, college and, you're a star athlete in high school, yeah. women and drinking, yep. and, right? And it's like, I've no, I have a lot of professional, like, boxer friends, and I've seen some of them, you know, like, just get to the big-scale champions. Mm-hmm. Then I've seen some of them, like, go back to the neighborhood and work at, you know, their, their dad's shop. You see, right? right? Yeah. yeah. That, that and, I, and I think, you know, something you mentioned earlier, like, you love people, you can communicate with people, and, and you don't do things by yourself. Professional athletes are the same because think about the people that – validated you as a football player right. that spoke on your behalf mm-hmm. that the Dallas Cowboys asked before they drafted you. Yeah. And it's about, and, and to me, that even from the professional athlete journey, entrepreneurial journey, you have people that constantly are feeding you leads for mentors, for courses, yep. uh, for houses, because 
they trust you, th- yeah. that you have earned earned that trust and earned yeah. that right to get a referral. We would get referrals too. Like mm-hmm. my whole story is about referrals. Like, right. you know, going to Canada, playing in the Arena League, yeah. playing in the United Football League, yeah. all, and it was somebody referred me to the next person. Yeah. And so to your point, same deal. It's all a referral. It's all about referrals. It's yeah. all about how you treat people along That's the way. Right. Man, well, you're right on it. Creating a brand, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You have a brand, yeah. right? You guys now are getting a brand, right? And this will help you. This will actually help you get out there mm-hmm. and people will, you know, you'll see like business will come from this at right. some point. Mm-hmm. If it hasn't already, creating a brand is very important. And the one thing that I can tell you guys from a, a book that I read is called the, the Brand Gap, right? A brand isn't what you think it is. It's what they think it is, right? Uh-huh. So that's exactly, you know, it's what mm-hmm. people think. It's what people yeah. think you are. Right. Like, yeah. oh, Darren, yeah, he's a great guy, and he's doing real estate now. Go check him out, you see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, boom, you just, you know, make a few hundred grand or something, right? Yeah, right. One of the things you said, though, before the show is, you know, I think entrepreneurship is harder than being a professional athlete. And at first, my ego's like, whoa, 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 whoa hold yeah. on, hold up, hold up, right? <laughs> but but here's, here's the reality. And transitioning over to the business sector after professional football, football yeah. right? You learn. Here's a deal is, yes, physically demand, like you've got to be dedicated. You've got to, you know, elevate yourself beyond the competition for a sustained amount of time. But here's the deal is you show up and they tell you what to do. That's right. You're the hard part with the yeah. entrepreneurship, tell nobody tells you to do 2,400 flyers. Yeah. Nobody tells you to make that many cold calls. Nobody tells you how to do this. Nobody walks you through a transaction. You've got to figure it out. Right. So yes, it's just as hard of work, if not harder, but it's on your own and, and you figure it coaches. out. Yes. Well, well, a lot, well, a lot I, of, now I, now until you, you find, them, yeah. Mm-hmm. See when you can afford coaches, right. Mm-hmm. But you don't, for the yeah. most part, when when you're a, a starting, inspiring yeah. entrepreneur, you don't have coaches. Yeah. So let's let's transition to a little bit more of the family personal side. So you, your wife trusted you to make this transition from corporate to, to being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. She, she never, never nagged. nagged. She never never nagged me. Now, I wasn't home for the first three to four years of like my daughter's. Mm-hmm. You know, I was there for the big stuff. You know, mm-hmm. the birthdays, and I slept in my home. But she never like she yeah. never nagged me. She uh. She's always supported me, yeah. and that's very important, man. That's mm. very important. So how much of that transition was for yourself? How much was for your family? And then as you now are talking about some of the families that you've affected, like the difference you've seen in their family, but how much does your family motivate you now? I mean, you've talked about your faith, and but, I mean, family, how much of, of what you do now is for something more than yourself? Um, you know, I, I, uh, I remember uh, when I was working in corporate America, uh, my daughter was already born and, you know, we were out shopping for a car. Uh, and I remember I'm like, I didn't even tell my wife this, but I remember I'm like, man, you know, when my daughter turns 16 and she asks me for a car, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. What am I going to say? You know, where am I going to be? Mm-hmm. And that, that's another thing that just sparked, like, I got to do more. I got to, I got to, you know, I got to, in order to be able to achieve more, you actually have to become more. Mm-hmm. So I got to become more than what I am right now. You see? Right. So that's when I really started digging in. Like one of, one of my favorite, a book that actually changed my life, it's called Secret to the Millionaire Mind by T. Harvecker. Mm-hmm. Secret, that changed my, that changed my world. Like that changed my, my, that completely did a mental shift for me. And, um, and yes, a lot of things that I do now are not just for me. It's, it's for my family mm-hmm. because I don't like, there's always that one person. You might be the, that one mm-hmm. person, the, you know, the sacrificial, sacrificial lamb, right? right? The, the guy's like, you know what? I'm going to, put my life on the line because Absolutely. nobody before me has done it man right dude. brother you are <laughs> you are 
speaking right now. Go, amen. Keep it's speaking. It's not Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> You're preaching right now. Yeah. Go. Yes. But I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be that person that changes everything. everything. Mm-hmm. Right? For generations to come. And yeah. and that's that's real, that's real legacy. That's more important than anything. That's yeah. real, that's more important than money, right? It's the way that I'm living my life now, the things that I'm doing for my family. You know, now my daughters and God willing, my future kids have a standard now. Mm-hmm. See, you, you see, right? Yeah. yeah. My mom, it's like my mom never made more than 825 an hour. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, my mom didn't want that to be my standard, mm-hmm. you know? And she never, that's another thing. Like I just have some good women in my life too. Yeah. Between my mother and my wife, they never told me you can't do something. Right. Yeah. And that helped me out a lot. We, you know, we've that, had this conversation. We've had, okay, who's, who has a, a better chance of success? Somebody that came from nothing that wants more or someone that maybe came up in money. And, and so I want, I want to get your opinion on this because, because here's why is your mom wanted more, mm-hmm. right? And you saw that if you want more, what as small of more is, you right? More. Yeah, you yeah. have to do more you if you want more, right? More. Yeah. But now your daughters and future children now see, my dad wanted more too. So I want more. I want to do more. I want to become all that God designed me to be and reach that potential. So what's your opinion? Like those, the kids that, and, and, and I, in Dallas, it's the Highland Park kids, mm-hmm. right? The kids that grew up with old money Phoenix and this. And, still. Mm-hmm. But we've had these, mm-hmm. we've had these conversations Valley, yep. because there's, there is an advantage to that, right? There mm-hmm. is a confidence that like, no, like that is achievable and that's what I need to go get. And then sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're in Marysville or you're in uh, West Fresno or you're wherever these areas may be, right. That it's like, no, this is all I deserve. Yeah. Right. What, what what do you think? Who do you think has a better shot at success? I think uh, there's two different X factors for a person like myself, you know, who comes from like the slums, you know, Mm -hmm. extreme poverty, adversity is our X factor Mm -hmm. Uh, for kids like my daughter, you know, who, has my daughter has her own personal development coach. You know, I, I didn't mm. tell you that, mm. you know, I have mine and then my wife and my wife has a personal development coach mm-hmm. two sessions a week. And my third grader has a personal development coach twice a week. So see, I, I you see what I'm, yeah. what I'm doing yeah. for my yeah. family right. is, is completely different than what other people mm-hmm. see those type of folks that have, you know, they're really wealthy. They don't really pour into their children. Right. Me, I'm doing everything possible yeah to pour into my next generation, mm-hmm. right? I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm hiring the coaches. Right. So the uh, X factor that they're going to have that I didn't have was programming. Right. Mm-hmm. My daughter is already on a whole different level. My third grader, she's on a whole, she's like, uh, she's, she's like a business person already. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's like buying stuff and flipping it at school. You know, like she's already like, like I bring her bracelets from like uh, when I go to Sedona, I, I go, I do a lot of like uh, sound healing and meditation up in Sedona. I go up to Sedona and my daughter like makes bracelets and sells them to the family. Like mm. she's already like, you guys have to understand genetically, right? right. Like our children, they, they, they get that from us. That's right. Gene- whether you're an athlete yeah. or you're a business person. You know, you are you are your your daddy's son. You know, you right, are your right. mother's child. You know, mm-hmm. so that's one thing that I've already seen in my yeah. children, and I'm doing everything uh, possible. I'm putting all the resources and all the support so they can have an edge. Yeah, um, yeah. Better, yeah. Two, yeah. two things. That, number one, I'm, you said you wanted sons. I'm up for adoption if you. Uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, how do you harden up your children? Discipline, definitely. Dis- discipline, um, expectations. 
Um, like us, like we're uh, communications, a key thing between uh, my wife, myself and my third grader, right? Mm-hmm. Communication. And, uh, and again, putting the right resources and, and support around your children, you know, yeah. um, man, it's like investing into, you know, I, I invest well over six figures into personal development for myself and my family. Yeah. Best investment I've ever made. Yeah. You know? I see that, that LeBron James always says that he, he spends a million dollars a year on himself, on his body. My, yeah. my goal yeah. this year is to spend a quarter million dollars on personal development. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that I, last year I got to 140. Mm-hmm. Last year I got to wow. 140K. I started my personal development uh, coaching, like like hiring coaches, uh-huh. uh, March of 2019. So I don't plan on ever stopping. See, I mm-hmm. love that, right? Because you're a development coach for you know entrepreneurs, real estate, single family that, developers. Yeah. But yeah. like you're practicing what you preach, right? right? You're on the other side and saying, look, yeah, I'm still investing in myself too. Like, cause I'll never be, I'll never be. You'll never arrive. That's right. Never arrive. Always improving. So I got a question for you. You made mentioning, you had this quote of saying, I think it's, you are, you are a slave to whatever you can't say no to. Now there's a, like I, that spoke to me in a way because growing up in the inner city, man. Man, you're you're watching my post. Let's dude, go. I am, hey, man. Hey, hey, dude, I'm, we're doing work. this. This is, this is the up. first time he's ever done homework on a guest. Hey, so okay. feel oh, honored. Man, what do I got? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I got Facts. Yeah. So, Facts. so Facts. that is, but that speaks directly, and I know it speaks to everyone, man. But when the way I grew up. You see that part of it because we are a lot of us yes, brown, yes, yeah, black, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. We are slaves to whatever it is we can't say no to: drugs, women, the club, mm-hmm. whatever it is. How do you talk to talk to me through that process? But just like anything else, it's like you either it either serves you or you serve it. Right. Like that, it's that simple, right? I'll give an example. Um, I just canceled yesterday, and, and it broke my heart because they're good people. I was supposed to speak at a, on a stage in Houston and they were going to pay me anywhere from 30 to 60 K mm-hmm. to speak on that stage. Uh, depending on the, the, the amount of seats that they sell, they're like, Hey, we're guaranteeing a red line of 30, but uh, you'll be anywhere between 30 to $60,000 to speak on the stage. Mm-hmm. And man, they were like, you only just have to come in, do your thing one hour. And then you can leave. Cause mm-hmm. I, I got to go to, uh, I got to go to Orlando that weekend to speak with DJ envy mm-hmm. on that Sunday in Orlando. Right. Brother, it, it broke my heart to say no. See, I mm-hmm. said no, right? Because I, I've i been on the road a lot these past couple uh, days, mm-hmm. and I haven't had my, my, my home time and my family time mm-hmm. and my time to reset and recharge and ground myself, right? right? And that's one thing that I want to, man, like, I don't know what level of entrepreneurship you guys are at right now, but you guys will run into uh, where you feel a little overwhelmed and you start to yellow light. Mm-hmm. It's green light, yellow, red. You start to yellow light, you're like, oh, man, this is overwhelming. I'm starting to have some you know, anxiety. I'm starting yeah. to not yeah. feel very well. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody goes through that. Yeah, absolutely. You just yeah. have to know how to like reset and recharge. Mm-hmm. Right. Spent, they used to, they have this old saying, uh, and, and for, for athletes specifically, mm-hmm. right. Here, I'll point at him for athletes. You're that, just, you're the athlete. <laughs> He's of probably group. the best athlete. He actually, athlete. literally, oh, true story is probably the best athlete yeah. out of the three. Really? Yeah. yeah. True no, story. Not a true story. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they say, uh, you know, for those athletes that like go super hard, mm-hmm. like you got to, you got to recover just as hard yep. or harder, right? Yeah. Right. Same thing with entrepreneurship. You know, we use this a lot. We use this a lot. We mm. use this a lot, you know? Mm. So you got to know when to say no to things, man. Like, mm. you know, for me, like I said, and uh, my man Patrick here asked me on the way here, he goes, hey, man, you know, do you think that you'll get to the B? You know, what's the B? Mm. Yeah. Billionaire. Mm-hmm. You think you'll get to the B status? And my answer to him was, you know what? If it doesn't jeopardize my health or my family, I'm okay with it. 
Mm. You see, I will not put my health or my family you ahead of anything. You set your values. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's very important. Right. You know, so you got to know, you got to know when to say no. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and there's an old saying, yes, will get you out of Egypt. <laughs> no, will get you to the promised land. Mm-hmm. That's one of, my, one of my mentors taught me that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I just, I think of the lack of progress you can make <clears throat> until you learn how to say no. Because I know, I know in our business, right, and, and, and especially when you started out, I transitioned into commercial real estate at 32 years old. Yeah. So I'm like competing with 22-year-olds just out of college, right? Those are the guys. So they're there at 7 a, or 6 a.m., 7 yeah, a.m., and they're till, they're till yeah. 8. I have a family. Mm-hmm. I, have, you know, I have four kids at the time. And it's like, I just need deals. I just need to do stuff. So I'm going to say yes to this. I'm going to say yes to this. I'm going to say, oh, you? Oh, come on. Yeah. And guess what? I don't make any progress because I spend all my time on things that don't actually serve my family, that actually just pull me away from my family. Yeah. And that's one of the things over the last year I've actually learned is like, okay, I've got to say no. And that, it, what, that, why that Instagram post that you posted hit me so hard is because, and like Darren, Darren, Darren's got such a good heart that he wants to help people and say yes to people because yep. he wants to serve them. Yep. And, but I'm the same. And it's like, I can't say yes to everything because guess what? I'm sacrificing my health. I am sacrificing my family. Time, that you, yeah. time and energy that you put towards someone or something else is time and energy that you're taking away from your family, your businesses, and yourself. Yeah. Right? right. So what I did was I hired a person to say no for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a book. That's what I did. Yeah. Really. It's genius. There's I, hired, a- I hired, I literally hired, uh, I got uh, my, my chief financial officer. Uh, her name is Brittany. Uh-huh. And uh, she, whenever someone wants to book me for anything, Podcast, speaking event, whatever, Just right? Send it to her. Brittany. Brittany at allinnation.com. Yeah. And then uh-huh. she then asks questions. Right. And she knows my she knows my my core values and my principles. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Man. So yeah. then she either says yes or no if it's worth it. It's hard to get I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I I've been saying this for a while now. It's hard to get me out of Arizona, right? Mm. It's hard to get me out of Arizona. Um, I have a few trips coming up. I have Key West. Uh, I'm speaking at, uh, so these are the top real estate coaches in the country, and I'm one of the speakers, right? It's the top real estate coaches in the country. It's called H-E-R-O, the HERO program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, these are the guys that, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Fortune Builders, like yeah. their era, mm-hmm. right? They see me as like the new wave of coaches mm-hmm. because my wave is different than their wave. The coaches that I've uh, mentored and built, right, we're, very more, we're more about service than money. Mm. Right. Even though we get paid very well to, to, to coach, mm-hmm. right. Anywhere from 30, 40, 50 K, whatever for like three months. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's more like fulfillment and it's service. Like we're really helping people. Right. That era there was all about numbers, right. They were all yeah. about numbers back then, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, the guy that's running that event, um, he came up with those people, with those guys in that era. So I'm speaking there, Key West, uh, April 7th and 8th. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got Orlando with DJ Envy. Um, then I got, uh, I got New Jersey, uh, with DJ Envy. Mm-hmm. Then I got my own freedom event, uh, with a, a thousand people uh, in Arizona. Right? May, so, May 7th, right on that one. May 7th and right. 8th. So mm-hmm. I got, a, I'm probably, I'll send you guys a right. IP invite. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. come on. Yeah, I, got I you love guys. it. Shit, it's my event. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you know you know somebody, right? Yeah, yeah, it's my event. So. We have to go through the CFO. Yeah, <laughs> no. you, know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you hit him up. And <laughs> you said you asked. My CFO. Not a lot of my values. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I got you guys. All right. Oh, so, I, you know what? Let's get on some, some, some really tough topics right now, especially where we are socially in, in this country right now. What is your thought on, you know, look, you're, you were an immigrant. You migrated on over. What yeah. is your thoughts on the immigration issue now at the border? You know, uh, I, uh, I didn't tell you this, but uh, Instagram uh, kind of um, shadow banned me for a few months mm. uh, because I was, uh, I was politically kind of trolling, right? I was politically trolling because uh, it's hard for me to say this. And, you know, I, it's like I stay out of politics now right? because – uh, it's a, it's it's just a, like a, a lose lose situation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? Right. It's a lose lose situation. More so than ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Way more. Absolutely. Way more. You know. Right. Um. And, and Instagram for two months, um, my reach they took it away. Mm-hmm. It's it's just starting to come back. Wow. Like I'm just starting to like now when I make a post, I'm reaching on a on a bad day, on a bad post, you know, forty fifty thousand accounts, and on a good day, uh, anywhere from a hundred to one hundred twenty thousand accounts, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I was reaching when they when they banned me. They sh- it's called shadow banned. Mm. Um, when they shadow banned me for two months, uh, November December, um, I was reaching like two to three thousand accounts because wow. if you get involved politically on social media, uh, you you might get censored. Censored, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So and we've seen that. We've, we've, if you that have happened the, to yeah, me. If you have the view that they disagree with. Yeah. By the way. Yes, yes that yeah. happened. That happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have you know, like eight hundred ninety seven thousand people on Instagram that follow mm-hmm. me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that that's why they did it, you know, right. because, um, at that time, you know, they, they needed things to play out a certain way and mm-hmm. I wasn't on that boat. Right. Right. Um, but when it comes to immigration, um, I feel like the people that are already here, the, at least the people that are, uh, they don't have any, um, uh, felonies. Right. Right. Cause for me to become an American citizen for actually for me to even become a resident of this country, I had to have a clean slate, like mm-hmm. no DUIs. No criminal background, right? right. I, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I believe that the people that are already here and they're already working, I'm not saying make them Amer- American citizens, right. but maybe give them a path, uh, a lengthy process like the one that I went through. Right. Mm-hmm. Like prove yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You're already here. You're legal. You're already working, mm-hmm. right? You're pro- probably already, God willing, already paying taxes. Just give them a, uh, give them a road. Yeah. To uh, to become uh, not citizens, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. But at least become legalized. That's right. Yeah. To right. contribute mm-hmm. to this country, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's one that. thing. You know, I grew up. I grew up in a community that was heavily Hispanic in Fresno, in the Central Valley. And and one thing I just I never understood is it's just a backwards way of thinking. In that, why would you not give them a path to like? There are individuals, there are families that need to be here because they're escaping something that is so much worse. Yeah. Right. And they want to contribute Absolutely. here. They want to be a yeah. part of this. Yeah. And and I agree, right? Like and and here's uh, again, not not saying one thing or the other, but like one of the things that Trump said that was just idiotic to me is like, "Oh, rapist murderers, they're all coming through." Okay, but like what percentage, right? Like so you're generalizing an entire culture that's right. coming through that wants to come contribute, be a part of this country and, and achieve the dream that we have created for the last 200 plus right. years. And we'll outwork our asses. And, from, oh, yes. 100%, that's 100%. What, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And yeah. then, and guess what you're, guess as a country that's backwards to me is guess what you're missing out on? 
the opportunity to increase your taxable revenue. Absolutely. Right. Like, so why would you not make them part of it? And this is not the same. And so I'm not putting these in the same page, but it's like the marijuana issue, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and I'm not, I'm not big on like going and smoking weed and all this stuff, but guess what? It's taxable. Yeah. Right. The amount, and guess what? And now you're decriminalizing it. Yep. So now you're alleviating the uh, the the correctional uh, system, mm-hmm. and you are, which is a huge cost, especially right. in California, mm-hmm. right? And then you're bringing in taxable products, right? And I mean, to me, it's just like it, it, it doesn't make sense if you're making it so hard and so expensive. My, my, one of my best friends in the world. Uh, he married. He married, and who's one of our great friends? Yeah. A girl that was lived in the United States illegally until she was twenty four when they got married, and it was still a six year process. It's mm. tough. Yeah. Um, with the Trump situation, maybe that's you never know because the media takes things out of context, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with the uh, with the uh, jail and yeah. you know uh, mm. prison situation, um, I want you to know that most. Jails uh, or prisons are privately, privately owned. owned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, know, he knows it is yeah. a business. And yeah. It is yes. a business. It's everything a business. in this country is a business. Yeah, and that's what people need to understand: mm. is that everything in this country is a business, and the country with the better, the greater economy is the con- the country that's going to be on top. That's right. Right. So you got China, you got the U.S., you got Russia, right? And that's what people don't understand: like every country is a business. Mm-hmm. Every country, and people need to understand that. See. 97, 99% of people or society nowadays, they don't even think that. Mm-hmm. They don't think that, yeah. right? Oh, why do we have this, this crazy uh, big old army? Do we really need that army? You know, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, if you have the bigger army, then you don't get bullied. You know, right. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, pick your poison. Do you poison. want to go to war? Do you not want to go to yeah, war? It's like pick your poison, you know right. what I mean? Right. So yeah. uh, there's a lot. That's why, I, man, obviously, you know, my opinion, and I, I don't, ever discuss or talk on anything that I haven't done my research on, right? Mm-hmm. right? Um, but with that being said, you know, uh, that could have been taken out of context, yeah. right? I would have to go back specifically what, when he said it and why he said it yeah, and, and towards who he said it. Right. And it, the generalization that I'm talking about, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not on one side or the other here, and that's not what I'm saying. I just think that there's, it has been taken out of context right. in so many ways, right? Absolutely. And that's what, that's what the other side of the aisle is saying. Oh, he's, he's we, we criminalizing everyone. They want us to right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. The next question on, on, on this, right? Being an immigrant, having lived the way that you live in culture today, the, um, the self-righteous, the... Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's getting bad. Everybody yeah. owes me, right? The victim entitlement. Yeah, the entitlement. The entitlement. And not only the entitlement, but yeah. the victim mentality of yeah. it's always someone else's fault. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. is something we... Speak, let's speak on that. Because no accountability. None. Yeah. Let's no. speak on that. Wait, what is your thought on... What would you tell a young, young kid that says, you know, look, it's nothing's been handed to me. It's their fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I can't move up is because of such and such. What are you telling that kid? 99% of the things that happen for you or to you are your fault. Like 99% of it. Uh, I believe that the sooner that you're able to take accountability uh, and, you know, understand that it starts and it ends with you, mm-hmm. right? Everything, everything around you, your future, your present, your relationships, everything, right? The way you live your life. Um, I, I think you'll be, uh, you, you'll get ahead. You'll have mm-hmm. an edge. And, uh, you know, you'll get to some levels where other people can't because they cannot 
get past that victimization or yeah. that victim mindset. So mm, yeah. that's one thing that I want to tell people out there. I want to empower and encourage people to know like, hey, you know what? It's on me. That's right. It's not nobody else's fault. Yeah. So if you, yeah, if you want to read a good book, uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willick. Yeah. That's a, talks that's just a, about that. Is that the, uh, the Navy? Navy SEALs. Yeah. 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 I got that on my desk. I got to read it. It's, just, a, it's, a it's great this one. thick. Yeah. It is so, thick. But it's an easy audio book. It's easy it's read. really yeah. easy yeah. Us, us three I, dummies can read it. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay. But the next thing on that, right, is you came from a place of extreme poverty in another country where safety was not guaranteed. And, yeah. and, and now you're watching what's going on culturally and you see all, all of these and typically the younger generation that has not it's had sad. to go through anything. It's almost unrecognizable. It really, uh, the country that I, I, I came to, uh, the country that I, you know, that, you know, was the land of milk and honey, mm-hmm. right. right? The powerhouse, right? The, the, the courage, the, you know, the, the America, the, the, the courageous, right? Mm-hmm. The valiant. Um, I feel like we're, we're, man, we're straying away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's tough for me to, to say that and see that because I have daughters of my own. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, where, where is this country going to be when they're adults? Mm-hmm. You know, I got an eight-year-old and a two-year-old. Like, where are we headed to? You know, what's, what's going to be left of it? Right. Yeah. It's not the country that I, I, I came to in 1997. Yeah. You know, it's really not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's sad to say that um, and unless we turn it around. Yeah. I don't know where we'll be. You know, but I, you know, I look at, I listen to what you're saying, and you're right, man. Because I, I, again, I, I go across pre-COVID. I, I do a lot of speaking as well, and you would not believe how many people don't want to compete, even on the business side of things. Yeah, they just they've given up. It's like the, the fight and the dog that's always been there in this country. Yeah, is we're le- we're losing that. And it's the toughness because we become, I'll say it with an FT on it, we become really soft. soft. <laughs> we are. And it's not just businesses. It's, it's parents like ourselves yep. who are soft on our kids yep. now. It's the school system that has to accept everything across the board. They don't take a stance. No one takes a stance anymore. Yep. And I think that's the one thing that the, one of the things I listened to you today and I'm listening to how your mom had to overcome things. You had to. She fell on the grenade. She didn't brother. have time to be soft. Yeah, she didn't. Yeah. She fell on the grenade. She didn't have time to be soft. She's man. hard as nails. It's man. life, yeah. man. We only yeah. have this, we have a short window of time right now. Yeah. Right? And let's. Why can't we live it? Yeah. To the fullest yep. and be hard on each other, mm-hmm. and and be hard on our kids because I always say in my house, and I'm I'm preaching now, but I always say in my house, look, I'd rather be the one that's tough on you and hard on you instead of the streets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the streets do not give a shit. No. I love you, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be hard on you, but when you get into the streets and you get into the real world, man, they, there is no mercy Mm-mm. at There's all. No love. There's yeah. no love. There's no love at all. So it's, it's our duty yeah. to do so. So, yeah. so Carlos, I want to, along those lines, right, soft, right, not willing to put in the work, here's the optimistic point of view is what an opportunity <laughs> for those that are, are willing to do it. And I know I'm sure the people that you coach and the people that, that, that you go through these programs with, you're saying these things. Because here's the thing is that, is that we're not willing as a culture, and I'm speaking generalization, to society, do, the, as a society. Do, the, yeah. do the tough things, yeah. to, to, to put in the work. Because everything is too easy. Everything is just like my generation especially, right? It's, it's when it started, just things got good. Things got, got really easy and didn't have to work and – as hard to be successful and, and I'm I'm entitled to that because I did this and you owe me that. No, you don't nobody owes you shit. 
And, and you talked about like taking, taking accountability for yourself. Look, if you want to be successful, there is a hell of an opportunity right now. Absolutely. Talk through that, right? And, well, and, and, well, more more because competition is probably the weakest it's been in a right. very long time. So a lot of the guys that I mentor and coach now, they get results in, you know, 30 to 60 days, you know, mm. as opposed to even when I was coming up or, you know, several years ago, right? It took me six months to land mm. something. Now, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. it's like yeah. fast forwarding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one opportunity that for the very few, right? I did a podcast uh, mm. two days ago called The Passionate Few, uh, one of the biggest entrepreneur podcasts in, in the world, mm. uh, a guy named Omar Elatar. Uh, he interviews like, you know, the big guys out there, mm -hmm. you know, some of the, some of billionaires and stuff like that. Um, and for those people out there that are the passionate few, um, man, like it's, it's like, it's at your doorstep. Yeah. Like the mm -hmm. world, it's there for the taking, mm -hmm. you know? So if you just don't lose that grit, mm -hmm. right, that grit and you're, you are tougher than nails, right. uh, you, you're going to do well. You're going to yeah. do very well. Yeah. yeah, That's the question I had for you is what keeps you going today? And I know you mentioned your family. I know, you know, that's obviously a driver. But for you personally, when you look inside, when you look in the mirror, you've made all the money. Yeah. What keeps you going? You know, I'm a growth junkie. I'm a, I'm a growth junkie, man. <laughs> you know, I just like, I just want to be better than I was yesterday. You know, yeah. and I know that sounds very like touche, right? Not from you, it doesn't. Right? Or cliche. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I'm a growth junkie, man. Like, I just want to make progress. Like, yeah. Uh, I'll give you an example. We already have 27 companies, right? And we're about to launch four other uh, SaaS companies, software as service, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? We're about to launch four SaaS companies. And I, and again, we just, it's been two years and we've already spent, you know, well over seven figures on building these four mm -hmm. software companies. One of them hits, you know, it's like, that's right. It's, right. you know, we're like, my plan is in the next, I would say like three to five years is to become a, a nine, like a nine figure conglomerate, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we're one company away from doing that. You know, we already have several seven-figure mm -hmm. companies, you know. Mm -hmm. We need one company to just hit. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And that's an accomplishment. At this point, it's not even about the money. You know, I have, uh, there's an old saying, uh, one of my, one of my guys that I look up to, uh, he says, I have more money than I, he says, I have, I have more money than I need, but less than I want. See, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's not even about the money at this point. You know, I have more money than I, I need. Mm -hmm. You know, I have more money than I need and, and. And it's like, it's not even about the money at this point. Yeah. It's about, yeah. it's about like the accomplishment and the progress, yeah. right? right? It's, it's, it's a, it's a way to measure it. Right. Yeah. And I tell my wife this all the time. She goes, I don't care how much money we have. I just want you. I want you here. And I'm like, I get it. Like, and I'm not chasing money. I don't need, I don't need to have a billion dollars in my bank account. Be nice. But yep. get what well, I would. <laughs> I do. What would change? No, nothing. nothing. Okay. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but what it is, is it's just a measuring stick. You know what it is, man. For I'm measuring growth. And how I've looked at it. It's the battle from within. Like, why am I here on this earth? Am I here to, to make a lot of money and then go play freaking golf every oh, day? Oh, God. You know, <laughs> what, what is, it's the battle from within. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of us have made a lot of good money, but what's tomorrow look like? And who am I? Like, it's, it's always, the, it's like you said earlier, it's the reset. Mm -hmm. Every day is a reset. Mm -hmm. And we have to start looking at it that way. It can't just, like, when, when you've made, if you've made a lot of money, if you've had success, however you measure it, if you're just content on just being that, yeah, I mean, what the hell are you? It has doing? to be bigger than money for it's sure. It's got to be bigger, right? man. And it's funny you bring up this this golf situation because when COVID hit, 
right? A lot of people, especially in the real estate industry, mm-hmm. they they took it off. They yeah. ran to the fences. Right. They, you know, and what I did, I made two phone calls, right? I'm like, okay, so here's COVID, right? Everybody's scared, right? right? And when there's uh, when there's fear on the streets, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's when you know uh, Warren Buffett has this old saying, right? Don't remember it, but uh, when there's uh, when there's when there's blood on the streets, that's that's when you that's when you buy more, right? That's right. That's where the opportunity so, lives. Yeah. That's so right. I, I I felt that you know I'm a very intuitive person, mm-hmm. and the first thing I did, I remember the day it was March 16th, 2020. It was a Monday. Uh, it was March 16th. I hope it's a Monday. I, I think it I think was. That, a Monday. I think that's it right. It was a Monday because we was. released our very first podcast that day. Okay, yeah. continue. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm like. I'm like, this is how I feel about what's going on, right, in the industry, real estate industry. I said, uh, well, uh, inventory is historically low in the single-family residential space. Um, demand is extremely high, mm-hmm. extremely high, right? And uh, interest rates are uh, historically low, too. Mm-hmm. So then I called uh, two of my private money guys, right? Uh, I do business with these two Mormon guys. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, I've been using their money the last three years mm-hmm. and they've never seen somebody buy at a discount the way that I buy. So they're like, here you go. Right. <laughs> they're like, yeah, you know, we love what you're doing for your, you're giving me a ROI on my money. I'm giving them anywhere from 10 to 14% return on investment on their money. Mm-hmm. Right. Private, you know, yeah, oh yeah. Oh, uh, really? And, oh yeah. There, you got a check. You got a checkbook yeah, there? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 10, 10 to 14% all day. So they love me. Right. And then I, I called, I called this guy, you know, Travis, I'm Hey, this is how I feel. You've been through three recessions. How do you feel? They're like, step on the gas. And I called the other guy, Dave. Hey, Dave, this is how I feel. You know, what do you feel? Step on the gas. I stepped on the gas. Everybody else was playing golf. Mm-hmm. See, just like you said. Yeah. And not only did I see real estate investors playing golf, I got to see a lot of my friends that are broke as shit, mm-hmm. right? And then they hate on me mm-hmm. because I'm working my ass off, right? They, you know, people I grew up with. Right. Right? Yeah. Oh, he's changed. Look at him. You know, I'm like, what? Right. And dude, you're playing golf. I'm here working my ass off. Right. I'm taking risk. You know, I'm putting my life on the line. Mm -hmm. You're over there playing golf. Right. That happened. I remember pandemic. Everybody started playing golf. That's right. I haven't swung a golf club and gotten. I'm not even I'm not even good at it. I'm not good at it. You know, I wasn't my sport. I was a basketball player. And and, uh, I played some football in high school too. defensive end. Uh, (laughs) But man, I'm like. I'm not playing golf. I haven't. I haven't went to a, a golf course uh, like since the pandemic hit. Mm. I've been mm. grinding, man. I've yeah. been working. So, yeah. so I got. I got another question. I know we got to wrap it up here real no, quick. So, what do you say to those that that came up with you? Uh, I've seen you become highly successful, man. Like these guys are some of my neighborhood, like childhood friends. Yeah, right? and what do they say? You've changed. Some of them have said you've changed. Yeah. What do you say to them? Well, uh, what did Jay Z say? He said, people say that I've changed, but I didn't work this hard to stay the same. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't changed. Like, my priorities have changed. Mm-hmm. Right? I haven't, I haven't changed who I am here and here, but my priorities have changed. And, yeah, I've grown. Mm-hmm. And you haven't grown with me. Right. Right? And that's mm-hmm. another reason why I have personal development coaches coach my family because I want them to continue to grow with me. Right. Because remember earlier when you say, well, what keeps you going? You know, growth, right? I'm a growth mm-hmm. junkie. I really do believe, like, if you're not growing, Stay you're inside. dying. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not growing, yep. you're dying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really do feel that way. Yeah. You know, I feel like when you stop growing, you begin to die, man. And I'm just, I'm just trying to grow every day, somehow, some way. Yeah. Even being here, right? This is growth for me. Yeah. You know, this is growth. This is still yeah. growth for me. Every yeah. single move. So yeah. That's awesome. Love it. I love it. 
All right, so so future for you, more companies, kind of growing the the portfolio of companies that you've got. Uh, personally, more kids. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else on the horizon that you're like, okay, hey, that's that's a goal that I want to set for myself? Man, that's tough because it's like financial. Yeah, I mean, you got enough like, on your plate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, no, how about like, a, oh yeah, what about 27 companies don't worry what about, about somewhere so, yeah. to write a yeah, book, tell yeah, your story. I, I'm actually gonna uh, I'm gonna write uh, a few books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working with uh, a few publishing companies. I'm definitely going to write a few books. And you know what I want to do, too? Um, I got a I got a, a public relations lady named Maria. Um, she's been reaching out to me. Uh, I want to start. I want to inspire more of my own, like, even my own community. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the Hispanic. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the Mexican mm-hmm. and the Hispanic. Uh, I haven't done enough of that. Mm-hmm. And I'll take full accountability. Because mm-hmm. I don't see people. I don't, I don't see people as black. Right. You know, brown, white. Right. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't. I see people as people. You know, mm-hmm. I see people as souls. You know, souls mm-hmm. don't have a gender. Souls don't have right. a color. You know, mm-hmm. like I see. I just love. I don't give a shit. Like I don't judge you based off your the color of your skin. Right. right. You know, more like mm-hmm. Martin Luther right. King. One of my childhood. I just. I was in Atlanta. I just. I visited mm-hmm. his gravesite. Wow. I visited his uh, his uh, Freedom Center. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King was one of my my uh, childhood you know uh, heroes, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he he said, "Don't judge somebody based off the color of the skin, but but." by the basis of their character. character right? That's right. Right. And that's how, you know, that's how I am. That's how I am now. Uh-huh. So, uh, one of my goals right now, man, is just continue to grow. Yeah. Grow, uh, mentally, spiritually, uh, family wise. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, business wise, you know, mm-hmm. that's, and yeah. then we'll see where it ends. You know, like I said, I, I want to continue to increase my capacity. Yeah. That's where it is. Like, yeah. you guys understand that? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Like, no, talk. No, I, I want you to tell everyone else when you say grow your capacity. Well, so don't don't pray like don't pray that you can't handle like don't pray that you can't handle more. Mm-hmm. You know, pray that you can increase your capacity to be able to handle on you know to take on more and handle mm-hmm. more, right? Because a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, we neglect so many areas of our lives because we don't have the capacity. Right. We don't have the margin. Right. If we go all in on business and entrepreneurship, yeah. what do we neglect? Right. Family, mm-hmm. health, yeah. right? See, you know, serving, serving others. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. We become mm-hmm. selfish instead yep. of selfless. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, if you increase your capacity, you can, uh, I call it, I'll call this, uh, one of my mentors taught me this. I call this the will of life. You can increase every single aspect, every single area of your life to be a, a, a top performer in every, to be a great husband, a mm-hmm. great father. Right, a, a, a great servant to, to people, a great businessman. You just got to increase your capacity. Mm-hmm. You got to be. You got to, like I said earlier in the show. I'm like, in order to 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 be able to accomplish more and to do more, you got to become right. more, more, right? That's because right. success mm-hmm. will never exceed the person you are. So right. increase oh, your capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, talk to that entrepreneur, whether that's a single mom that's that's fighting tooth and nail trying to provide for kids or a 23 year old just graduated college whoever it may be that's going through a hard time right now that it's it's just really hard give them some words of encouragement that maybe from from your experience or things that you've seen that can that can speak to them and where they're at right now um you know personally you know i i I say this time and time again like i'm living the american dream i'm not from this country Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not from this country. Uh, I wasn't born in this country. I was brought here legally. Um, my mom never gave up. You know, I never gave up. Mm-hmm. And I don't want I don't want that person who's listening to give up. Right. Just know that if you don't give up, success is, is inevitable. 
If you don't give up, success is yeah. inevitable. That's so good. So, man. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's, no, makes sense. that's, that's great, great, man. There's a lot of gold in that. It's inevitable. So yeah, Ben no. Ben's going to hit you with a with a question. I think that applies to you as as much as anybody that we've that we've had on. But how can if someone's out there interested in in, in a real estate coach or or working with you or just even just trying to get into the single family residential yeah. or just real learning, estate game just or just learning, learning from how can you. they find you? How can they uh, reach your resources? How can they use your companies? Kind of talk yeah. us through that. Um, I'm very easy to find on, uh, on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, Carlos Reyes. Um, I'm probably the only Mexican you'll see with like a blue verification mark. <laughs> right? Like there's not too many, like when I say like when I, Mexican is like from Mexico, right? right? right. <laughs> not too many Mexicans out there. Uh, unless you guys know of another Mexican out there that has a blue check mark. I'm sitting there thinking through my, literally like, yeah. right? Go through yeah. That. Oh, come on. Is there? Yes. I don't know. Name be. one. Name one. Carlos Reyes to play baseball. He's got to have. He's not Mexican. He's a Puerto Rican. He's, Southern, he's Latino. See, he's from don't, Latino. Don't, don't lump it all together. Uh, okay. Oh, boy, the, the comedian. Um, George Lopez. He's not, he's not from Mexico. George Lopez is from Mexico. He's not. Come on. He's not from Mexico. He's born in L.A. Yeah. Really? I thought he might like wanna, true Mexican born. I'm born in Mexico. Okay. Uh, all right, let me think here. Let me think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, hold on. Yeah. Anyway. There you go. See? Yeah, Carlos Reyes. Carlos Reyes. Okay. Uh, you know, one thing that I always say is I always get back to people. Uh, it may not be right away, but I will always get back to people okay. because I never want to be that guy, you know? Yeah. It yeah. gets too big, you know, yeah. like too big for, for people, you know? Yeah. I am I am them, you know? I am uh, I am people. So right. I never, like, if you reach out to me, like, people reach out to me for random stuff, you know, random stuff. And, and sometimes they'll be like, hey, man, I want to get started. I don't have any money. Boom. BestREIBook.com. It's a book that I wrote on mm. wholesaling, right? And I used to sell it on Amazon for like 20 bucks. And after I sold like 30,000 copies in like the first 45 days, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start giving this away. Like that money's not, I mean, mm. you know, Amazon right. took like seven, $8. I'm right. betting nothing. Right? right. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start <laughs> giving it away. away. Yeah. Best yeah. REI book.com. It downloads straight into their phone. So best awesome. REI book.com. Got it. Yeah. Uh. Awesome. Yeah, so Instagram, awesome. Carlos Reyes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the best place to start and then can find whatever avenue. Whatever you need, man. Like, I'm always going to try to. And a lot of people don't even, they don't even reach out to me about business. Like, they reach out to me about, like, mindset, spirituality, mm-hmm. right. you know, like, because I, I never want to be a one-trick pony. You know, yeah. like, business is, business is just an extension of me. That's right. right. That's it. You know, it's, right. it's yeah. just an extension of me. Um, it's a reflection of me. Um, I, I believe that everybody here is so much more than just you know, football. That's and, right. Like, that's right. Don't you, don't Absolutely. you hate that? Oh, Darren yeah. Woodson, the yeah. football player, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Like, so dude, true. I'm so much more than a football yeah. player. Yeah. You know? For yeah. sure. I'm a husband, uh, no doubt. I'm a father. Yeah. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I want people to, uh, to definitely reach out for anything. Okay. Love that. Yeah. All right. Last question. Yes, and we sir. ask every guest this. Uh, we just went through your journey and just learned a lot of gold lessons. If you could go back to any point in your life and tell yourself one thing, doesn't necessarily mean you change anything, but if you just go tell yourself one thing, where do you go and what do you tell yourself? Start sooner. Start sooner. Don't get comfortable. Mm. Overcome that fear sooner. That man, like, you know, fear is a, a bitch. Mm. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Fear is tough. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure even when you guys were making a transition from mm-hmm. athletes to entrepreneur, you're like, man, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm scared shitless. I don't know this realm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Start sooner, man. Like, start sooner. Man, you, you, 
once your brain catches this like proof of concept, mm-hmm. right? You can do it once, like you, after you guys did your first yeah. deal or yeah. whatever your first successful venture was, mm-hmm. right? Your brain just like, oh, this is, yeah, we've done it's this confidence. before. Yeah. yeah, you can do it once. Yeah. You can do it a thousand times. So mm-hmm. start sooner, man. Start proving to yourself sooner. Love that. I love it, man. Well, thank you so much for one making the trip. This was awesome, yeah, Carlos. We appreciate you, brother. And we are. This is definitely not the end of it. We're. I mean, we don't need to. She heard. Yeah, we're going. Yeah, Yeah. VIP. We're on the floor. But man, anything we can do, right? (laughs) Anything we can do. Get on me for sella. I'll put you on. Anything we can do by we, I mean Darren. Anything Darren can do for you, I'm offering his services. But man, we just appreciate you, man. We're friends for life, and anything that, uh, yeah. And man, and tell Joe and the family I said hello when you get back to Phoenix. Absolutely, absolutely. He's probably working right now. Yeah, he's grinding he's, it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's doing his thing. His retirement. Absolutely, <laughs> he's worked towards it for thirty years. Just a selfless, selfless man. It's yeah. just, just. Hey, he's this close. <laughs> Thank, thanks, brother. Thank I appreciate you. Love for you guys, man. Thank you, you guys yeah. people. Thank thanks you so much. Thank, Thank you, man. Appreciate Hopefully, it. we can do something in the future. Absolutely. We will. God willing. Yeah, yeah. God willing. Absolutely. All right. It's a wrap. That's awesome.